This is PW Torch, VIP editor Wade Keller with the Wade Keller Hotline covering the Friday, March 1st, 2024 episode of WWE SmackDown. They were in Glendale, Arizona at Desert Diamond Arena. WrestleTix reported about 12,000 in-house. Corey Graves bringing about 15,000 plus in-house during the show. Uh, they opened with a video package of highlights from the Elimination Chamber event last Saturday night or Saturday morning. Then they showed the stadium in Philadelphia hosting WrestleMania 40. And then they went to the exterior of the Desert Diamond Arena and then the crowd inside the arena as Corey Graves introduced the show. The Bloodline made their entrance. Roman Reigns walked to the ring, followed by Paul Heyman holding up the undisputed Universal title belt. Also, Solis Co. and Jimmy Uso. Graves hyped the Reigns-Cody Rhodes main event at WrestleMania. As they entered the ring, WWE showed several new camera angles, highlighting how full the arena was to the very last row of the well-lit upper deck. Just, again, conveying that this is a hot product that and the tickets are hard to get and uh, fans are in, in, into what's going on. Uh, ten minutes into the show, after soaking up some booze after his ring entrance, Rain said, Glendale, Arizona, acknowledge me. Fans cheered and booed. He said it used to be louder. He said maybe he said the wrong city. So he said, Phoenix, Arizona, acknowledge me. More cheers and booze. And then a Cody chant broke out. He rubbed the bridge of his nose in frustration and said while wincing, I'm going to try this one last time. And if you don't get on my page, I fulfilled my obligation and I'm leaving. He yelled for Glendale to acknowledge him, and he got a similar reaction as the previous two times, followed by the loudest Cody chant yet. Rain said, call the FBO, fire up the jet. You're welcome. We're done here. Heyman approached Reigns and stammered as he said, we have some other business and can't leave. He is coming out. Just give me a moment. Heyman announced, in just a moment, the people's champion, the BBE, is in this WWE, the greatest movie star of all time, will be here. Live. After this commercial break, they almost never say the phrase commercial break. They always say, we'll be, we continue live after this. Um, or WWE continues live. Rock continues live. So we actually heard the word commercial break, but quite the hook because rock's out next. And back from the break, the rock's music played. He played at the crowd for a couple minutes as his music played. A Rocky chant broke out. He teased speaking, then stopped and booze broke out. It's 20 minutes into the show at this point. He finally said, are you sure you want to boo the rock? He said he had some news to share that they might even be proud of. Apparently, Glendale is 10 miles away from Phoenix. He asked who was from Phoenix. After some cheers, he said he did some research and found out that the number one city in America for cocaine and meth use is Phoenix. Finally, your life has meaning because you cactus-loving crackheads have something worth sh uh, shooting into your veins. He then said, finally, The Rock has come back to Arizona. He said he's in a good mood, and everyone in the bloodline is in a good mood. He said Solo doesn't look like it, but that's his happy face. He said it's been decades, but professional wrestling is cool and exciting and electrifying once again because of The Rock, Roman Reigns, and the bloodline. Fans chanted Cody, going, that's eh, cool because of Cody. Rock said Cody is not cool. He said Cody challenged him, and his answer is no. He said everyone wants to challenge him one-on-one, -on -one, including every woman in the arena. Now you settle down, you crackhead Karens, you meth-head Marys. You ain't ready for the rocks 22 inches of heaven. And then he clarified and said, get your mind out of the gutter. I wasn't talking about my holy Moses, but rather my 22-inch guns that he'll wrap around Cody. He said he heard his challenge and laughed at his challenge, and now they have a counteroffer. He said Cody thinks he's tough along with his walking clown emoji best friend Seth Rollins. 
He proposed the biggest tag team match in the history of professional wrestling. Him and Reigns versus Cody and Seth. He said if they beat them on night one, then on night two, Cody's title match will be free of the bloodline. The bloodline barred from ringside. He said Cody would then be able to finish his story one-on-one against Reigns. He said, on the other hand, if they beat them on night one, then it's bloodline rules and anything goes in his title match. He suggested he could end up on commentary or Heyman provides a foreign object or Solo sings the national anthem. He said people think the thought of Solo singing is funny, but he has a good voice. Solo just stood there with his arms crossed. Fans chanted, so low, so low. He said I might use the chair he's sitting on as a weapon. He said if Cody and Seth don't accept their challenge, he will do everything in his power to make sure he doesn't win that title. He said he sits on the board, and The Rock is your boss. He said there's no general manager or vice president who can stop him. The fans began chanting, Triple H, Triple H. He said if they don't accept his terms, they will end Cody's story tragically. He told Cody and Seth to give them their answers next week on SmackDown. He was about to say, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, but Reigns pushed the mic down and stopped him. So uh, a moment of tension here. What is going on? Uh, Heyman looked shocked. Reigns looked down at the mat. Rock glared at Reigns. Fans chatted, holy shit. By the way, the best thing about SmackDown moving to USA Network later this year is no more muting the crowd like they kept doing throughout this. It just, they just kept, the signal was cutting out. They were muting the crowd. Um, it took away from the segment. Reigns said he'll do anything for his family and friends, but I need this one thing. He says, I need this one thing. Acknowledge me. He looked right at Rock as he said it. Rock looked irked and breathed a few times. Reigns kept staring at him, waiting for a sign of how he'd respond. Rock took off his sunglasses and lifted the mic slowly and said, Roman Reigns, my family, I acknowledge you as my tribal chief. Reigns nodded subtly in satisfaction. Rock offered his hand. Reigns shook it. And then they shifted to a hug. The fans chanted, you sold out. Rock called the fans idiots and said they are family and they will do anything for family. He told them to go home and smoke more crack. And he closed with, if you smell, and then he paused and handed Reigns the mic. And Reigns said, what the bloodline is cooking. So Grace called it then an absolutely stunning turn of events. Wade Barrett said Cody must be pulling his hair out. So this is an epic segment. You know, Reigns got his time doing his thing. Rock did his heel work centered on the local fans, but then shifted to a counter offer with special stips. Um, didn't make a ton of sense um, in the sense that Rock's saying, I'm, I'm the boss, I've got all this power, why not just say, you know, it's bloodline rules. But anyway, the moment Rock acknowledged Roman was really tense and really important because it kept Reigns from seeming like he's an underling, happy to just let Rock be the main event of their interview segments. But it also showed some insecurity. It also sets up what will eventually be a Reigns-Rock match down the line. It's not you know, clear when it's not locked down. Who's going to be the face or heel? Um, I think the fans want to cheer Roman, but you know, Rock is a big star, and if they tell the right story, they can make that work. The relationship between them is going to be a big story for the next year, I suspect. The only aspect, again, I'm not crazy about is the real life board position of Rock. That that they're acknowledging that that he holds a position on the board. Again, if he has such pull, why not just give make it a bloodline rules match without having to wrestle first? You know, what what's the point of wanting that match? Also, how does this affect Seth's situation? He's wrestling on night one before he defends against Drew on night two, um, apparently, um, or, or or not. Or are they going to put the world title match on the same night that Seth wrestles in the tag match? Um, and then does this weaken the impact of Drew's win? Because Seth will be coming into the weekend with an injured knee and now pulling double duty. I I don't know. I'm sure they'll address this all. I'm, I'm not bringing anything up that they haven't thought of. 
It is notable and refreshing that Rock did not say sports entertainment and opted for the, using the term pro wrestling several times when he said pro wrestling is cool again. That is a symbolic way of saying Vince McMahon's not calling shots around here anymore. It's still weird. <laughs> it's still weird. Um, that WWE's just going to WrestleMania without Vince part of uh, the creative process or even part of the company. Um, in the locker room, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller were laughing as they watched footage from the Nation Chamber on Waller's phone. LA Knight walked in and asked if they'd seen AJ Styles. They said they hadn't. Knight showed off the busted chair used against him. Randy Orton walked into the background and looked over their shoulders and laughed and said it's hilarious. He said since they're laughing at what happened at the chamber, he's going to beat up one of them in hilarious fashion. Waller volunteered Theory. Orton patted Theory hard on the shoulder and left. Um, and then Theory said, first Australia, now this, you're throwing me out of the bus. He was frustrated. Waller said, come on, it's a great opportunity. And they cut to a break. Back from the break, Naomi took on Tiffany Stratton. The bell rang 45 minutes into the hour. So the bell rang for the first match 45 minutes in. That's probably a record for SmackDown. Graves and Barrett talked about Stratton's 79 rating in the WWE video game. Graves asked Barrett why WrestleMania is so important to wrestlers. Uh, Barrett said it's the biggest payday of the year and careers are short. you got to save for retirement. He said there's plenty of other reasons. Naomi landed a leaping face plant for a two-count. Stratton rolled the ringside, and they cut to a break about two minutes in. Uh, back from the break, Stratton landed a handspring elbow in the corner and then a running basement dropkick for a two-count. Naomi drove Stratton's head into the mat with a leaping double knee squeeze while they battled in the ropes, and that led to a two-count. Stratton came back with a spine buster for a two-count. Graves, at this point, claimed they had 15,129 in the building, about 3,000 more than Russell Ticks. Uh, calculated. Stratton raked Naomi's eyes and rammed her into the ring post, and then she followed by landing the prettiest moonsault ever for the win. So, Stratton the winner in eight minutes. Um, giving Stratton the clean win is a good move. Um, beating a credible opponent like Naomi sends the message, Stratton is a rising star. I mean, there was an eye poke. They gave Naomi a little bit of an out, um, but, you know, she hit her finisher, and in one clean, nobody else interfered. So I, I don't see this as bearing Naomi, but I think it is a signal they're not, you know, dedicated to promoting, protecting her so they can promote her into main events anytime soon either. A sponsored video package aired on the Damage Control Saga, and then the Kabuki Warriors made their ring entrance. After a break, Bailey and Dakota Kai made their entrance. The heel trio battled out to ringside. The Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane with Heel Sky, took on Bailey and Dakota Kai for the women's tag titles. The bell rang at the top of the hour. Asuka and Kairi attacked Bailey from behind as Bailey and Dakota were fine kind of figuring out who would start the match. It looked slightly suspicious that that, you know, Dakota was maybe distracting Bailey long enough to for Bailey to be hit from behind. But it wasn't obvious. Kyrie knocked Bailey off the top rope as Asuka distracted the ref. Fans chanted Bailey. Asuka whipped Bailey into Kai, knocking her off the ring apron to the floor. A let's go Bailey chant rang out. Asuka and Kai double kicked Bailey for a two count. Kyrie ran Bailey's head into the mat over and over. Three and a half minutes in, Bailey countered the heels and dove for a tag to Kai who had just crawled Back onto the ring apron and reached her arm out. Asuka held Bailey back. Dakota then leaped off the ring apron. Bailey looked crushed that she didn't want the tag. Graves said, What the hell? Bailey looked crushed that she let herself believe that Dakota was on her side. She uh, charged after Dakota at ringside and she got the better of her until Asuka and, uh, and Kyrie joined in the fight. So uh, a no decision in four minutes. It's annoying when WWE doesn't announce what the decision is. You know, we like to have official results, but um, I don't know. Dakota did seem just sincere enough and believable enough in recent weeks to not make Bailey seem like a complete fool or too naive for giving her a chance to prove her loyalty. Um, you know, but she did let her guard down and she's going to give a fiery promo next week, I suspect. 
Barrett confirmed Theory versus Orton was booked as the main event. They showed Braun Breaker backstage getting ready to head out for another match. They showed Kyrie, Asuka, Io, and Dakota gloating together about what they did. Knight walked past them with a chair, still looking for styles. Jade Cargill then showed up and eyed them. Nick Aldis stepped out of his office and told Damage Control he'd deal with them again uh, later, but he invited Cargill into his office uh, first because they had a meeting scheduled. So they keep Cargill in, in, the, in the flow of things. I don't know if this is teasing a feud with Damage Control or not. Maybe Cargill and Bailey take on like four members of Damage Control at WrestleMania or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Braun Breaker then took on Z- Zion Quinn. Uh, Gray said Breaker is intensity personified. Baird said Quinn has everything it takes to become a major star and disrupting Breaker's momentum is the fastest way to do it. And before he finished his sentence, Breaker speared Quinn and scored a three count. Match took five seconds. I'm not crazy about the spear. I, I you know, Todd talked about this. Others have, um, uh, tonight on the post show they did too. I just, it feels too Goldberg-esque and, I mean, I was sort of the go-to move for people like that, but it's just been so overused. And, um, yeah, I just, I'd rather have something else and something a little more athletic too. They went to Graves and Baird at ringside on camera. They reacted to Breaker's win and then shifted to a video package on Legato del Fantasma and the LWO saga. Carlito made his ring entrance. And then after a break, the, a graphic on the screen acknowledged the death of Michael Jones, formerly Virgil, uh, the assistant to Ted DiBiase during the Million Dollar Man era. Santos Escobar took on Carlito in a street fight. The bell rang 19 minutes into the hour. They fought to ringside early where Carlito got the better of Escobar. Carlito looked, Carlito looked under the ring and found an apple and he was quite happy and he paused and smiled. Escobar recovered during this time and dove onto him and they cut to a break at the three minute mark. Graves and Barrett said Escobar's rating on the video game was only 78. They thought that was low. Carlito bashed Escobar in the skull with a chair as he dove through the ropes. It was rather unprotected and stiff, by the way. I'd like to stay away from those. Back in the ring, Carlito threw a trash can into the chest of Escobar. When Escobar raised his arms to block a trash can shot, Carlito put the trash can over his head. He then bashed the can with a chair. Carlito followed up with a neckbreaker onto a chair for a near fall. Carlito pulled the table out from under the ring. Escobar fought back. Carlito dropped him over the top rope crotch first. Angel and Umberto ran out and attacked Carlito. Graves said it's illegal. It's actually legal under street fight rules. So why'd they wait so long to interfere? Escobar could have lost before that. Uh, they triple team Carlito, but only scored a two count. Escobar call, called for the table to be set up. Cruz, and del Toro, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde then charged out to even the battle. Angel and Alberto threw them into the ring posts. Uh, Ray Mysterio then made his return, which got a big pop. He came out on crutches, so it wasn't going to be much help. But then he used the crutches as a weapon to fend off Umberto and Angel when they charged at him in the aisle. And then back in the ring, Carlito uh, spewed chewed up apple pieces at Escobar. Grace called it apple mist, uh, applesauce, and set up a 619. Ray hit a 619. He was fine. He didn't need the crutches. Carlito then slammed Escobar through the table rather sloppily for the win. Um, not not a good execution of that move at all. Del Toro, uh, Wild, and Carlito lifted Ray onto their shoulders to celebrate, and Selena Vega was there with them in the celebration. So Carlito the winner in 11 minutes. Um, I, you know, it's no big deal Escobar losing when, when Ray is, is, um, you know, coming out and setting things up. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't make a big deal out of it given the context of everything. Then they showed Orton warming up in his locker room. And then after a break, they plug next week's SmackDown, which features Logan Paul returning, plus Bobby Lashley against Karrion Cross. Backstage, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn made a case to all this that they came so close to beating the champs, they want to earn another title match at WrestleMania. All the city saw what they did, but he's been talking to Adam Pierce and would have an announcement soon regarding the tag titles. 
Interesting. Does each brand get belts now? Aldis heard a ruckus. He walked over and saw Knight, who was still looking for Styles. Aldis said he told Styles not to be at SmackDown tonight after what he did at the Chamber. Aldis said Styles found it fitting to fly across the world to screw him at WrestleMania to keep him away from a world title match at WrestleMania. He promised revenge and told Aldis there's nothing he can do about it. Um, so, I mean, this is a good way to ex- advance the, the LA Knight AJ Styles story without Styles being there. There's a good excuse for him not being there. Um, and, you know, LA Knight got to be in a few segments. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it, it was, it was, it worked. Uh, Kevin Owens made his entrance and joined in on commentary for the main event. And then they cut to a break and came back for Austin Theory with Grayson Waller against Randy Orton. Theory came out first, accompanied by Waller. Owens insulted them. Then Orton's full ring entrance aired. The bell rang 47 minutes into the hour. Orton got early advantage. At ringside, Orton was about to slam Theory on the announce desk when Waller intervened. Theory then shoved Orton into the ring post and then slammed him onto the announce desk. Theory stood on the second rope and struck Orton's pose as they cut to a break. KO said all their monitors are broken now. Orton set up a superplex off the second rope. Orton slipped and then Theory seemed to turn it into a blockbuster, but Theory sold it as if he took the worst of it and Orton no-sold the landing and acted like he pulled something off special. It was weird and it could have led to an injury. The ref checked on Theory, who was fine. Kevin Owens said the ropes are very slippery, and he said it should be illegal how oiled up Theory is. Orton gave Theory a snap power slam and then clotheslined Theory over the top rope to the floor. Orton slammed Theory onto the announce desk and then threw him into the ring. Orton then slammed Waller onto the announce desk. KO untied Waller's shoe and bragged about it. Orton then gave Theory a draping DDT. Fans chanted RKO. Orton pounded the mat and then went for an RKO, but Theory blocked it and then rammed Orton's shoulder first into the ring post. Then he followed with a blockbuster for a two-count. Theory elbowed Orton in the head and scored a two-count. Theory snapped Orton's neck over the top rope, but when he followed up, Orton countered with an RKO out of nowhere for the win. So Orton, the winner in nine minutes, not a big deal main event. I mean, this show was built around Rock and and Roman and and the answer to Cody. Uh, But Randy wrestling a singles match, you know, I mean, it it, it earns the main event spot. And the return of Ray added some news value, as did the turn of Dakota Kai. Um, and they continued to feature Braun Breaker and, and push tr- Tiffany Stratton. And, uh, they added a little news item of, of teasing the, the tag title situation, getting an update. So they, they did enough to add enough content to the last hour and, f- uh, 15 or 20 minutes, um, to, to, to reward people who watched, even if there wasn't a blockbuster, um, competitive main event that had a lot of build. Um, Oh, by the way, when Waller attacked Orton afterwards, Owen charged into the ring for the save. Then Theory attacked KO. KO fought back and gave Theory a stunner. And then he went for a stunner on Waller, but Waller blocked it. Orton then surprised Waller with an RKO. Orton and Kevin Owens eyed each other with a little trepidation, but then smiled and fist bumped. So a little news at the end of the show, too. Maybe teasing a TV match with RKO KO or RKO squared in a tag team match um, against Waller and Theory. I mean, it seems like they're... Hinting at that, but we also have seemingly Orton being set up as Logan Paul's opponent. So, yeah, um, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, Orton and KO teaming together could be fun. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was a good episode of SmackDown for, for the reasons I said. Um, you know, blockbuster in the sense that there was this mega segment at the beginning. I know not everybody's crazy about how long the segment went. But if you got rocked there, I mean, you want to milk as many minutes as you can um, of the audience staying tuned in before they tune out. If you lead with Rock and Roman, you want to... Fill some TV time. Um, and, you know, not everybody's into Rock doing uh, the, his old shtick from another era. Um, but I don't think it, people, I think some people would be disappointed if he wasn't also. Uh, I don't think the material is is top shelf, but I, you know, some of Rock's material 
wasn't top shelf back in the day too. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, hit all your three point shots. Um, no matter how skilled you are at that. So, but the main thing is, is just, we got some major developments for WrestleMania. We now know rocks match and when, and there'll be some fallout and they've got over a month to, uh, to, to steer us through all the different twists and turns, uh, building up to, to the big weekend in Philadelphia. All right. I uh, thank you everybody for your support. And until next time, Wade Keller signing off.